On this episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ad podcast, we have the CEO of Funnelytics, Mikhail, the number one funnel mapping and analytics tool built by marketers for marketers. We dive into his winning ad that lasted well over three years, got 150,000 free users, and what made it work so well. We also kind of dive into solid upsells, downsells, and how to kind of monetize those customers on a long-term window. We also kind of dive into buyer perception, how to really position your products or services, and ultimately having a profit versus growth mindset. Tune in if you're into funnels and analytics and all that good stuff. You do not want to miss this one. And she does a very, very interesting analogy that has stuck out with me and completely changed the way I, I look at things. And she says this, she says, imagine you um, create or invent a new baked good, right? It's made of flour, there's chocolate in it, in it, it's moist, it's super delicious, and it's kind of like this hybrid between a cake and a muffin, right? So now you've got a very fundamental decision to make within your business. Are you going to categorize it as a cake or are you gonna categorize it as a muffin? Because whatever you choose will define your entire business. Here's what I mean. Dylan, where do you buy a muffin? Listening to the Rich Ad Poor Ad podcast, where we break down the financial principles that rich advertisers are deploying today to turn advertising into profit and get tons of traffic to their websites without killing their cash. These advertisers, agencies, affiliates, brands are responsible for managing over a billion dollars a year in ad spend. You'll hear about what's working for them today, their rich ads, and we'll roast their epic failures and crappy ads on the internet with poor ads. Let's get into it. All right, y'all. We're back in business with another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ad Podcast. We got your host, Zach Johnson, in the house, and of course, myself, Dylan. What's good, Zach? Good. Analytics is what's good. <laughs> oh, yeah. If y'all have funnels and love analytics, you're going to love this guest because we have the number one funnel mapping and analytics tool built by marketers for marketers. These guys probably spend four to 500K a year slanging ads for themselves, of course, but we have the CEO today. So, Mikhail from Funnelytics, man, what's good? What's up, man? How are you guys doing? Pretty good, man. Pretty good now that you're on here. <laughs> well, sweet, Looking, forward to it. Looking forward to it. Heck yeah. Yeah, give everybody a little background of kind of who you are, kind of what you're getting into these days, so everybody kind of has some context. Sure, yeah. Uh, Mikhail Dia, uh, I'm in Toronto, Canada, repping uh, up here, and I built Funnelytics about three we're approaching on three years now um and we built this tool to help marketers better understand what's happening what's working what's not working with their with their marketing funnels right with everything that they put out in in this universe in the on the internet like you do all this work as marketers and you have no clue whether or not it actually really gives you money back so i wanted a, a visual way to kind of tell me precisely what was working and what wasn't so we decided to build this tool called funnelytics and uh here we are uh three years later we've got over one hundred fifty thousand people uh in our platform um uh, we have a freemium model so one hundred fifty thousand on the free tool and uh a bunch of them ten thousand or so on paid and yeah it's been it's been pretty cool that's awesome, man. One of the things I love about Funnelytics is is the the visualization on the funnel maps, right? Like that is so unique to you guys. And uh, I don't know 
kind of you guys operate in the same space as Wicked Reports or Hyros or, you know, in that bucket, but there's just not too many solutions out there where you can visualize your funnel flow by the pages. Like most visualizations like come in the form of like pie charts, yeah. <laughs> like spreadsheets, and they're just numbers and, uh, and marketers, you know, we, we suck at math. They, they, we, we call it marketer math over here where they just round up to the nearest million <laughs> uh, <laughs> or billion. And um, yeah, and so that's what one thing I've always appreciated about Funnelytics. But yeah, congrats on all the, the free users, man. That is, that is no, no small feat. Uh, so congrats. Yeah, really appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, it, it's, it's like you said, right? I, the visual aspect is what, uh, you know, marketers sit there and they, they sit down on, on, in front of a whiteboard, come up with their strategies or mm -hmm. whatever, a diagramming tool. They map it all out. Um, and then they're stuck looking at spreadsheets and charts and graphs to try and understand like, mm -hmm. wait, how does the stuff that I put on my whiteboard translate to these numbers in these spreadsheets? And like, how yeah. am I supposed to understand? So uh, we just wanted to simplify that and bridge that gap a little bit more. So I want to talk about this, your guys' rich ad. What's working now for you guys? You you have an amazing story in the sense that uh, it's actually very similar to um, a friend of mine here in Austin, uh, Dave Roganwizer at Proof, in the sense that you guys like crushed ads for the first year, both of you guys, into a free trial or freemium style offer and scaled your spend up aggressively in year one to like 80,000, 100,000 a month, um, give or take. Would love to hear that story. Yeah. Uh, but I've seen it, ha you know, it's, it's awesome when it happens in the world of SaaS. And I would love to kind of like focus this conversation really around, you know, for other marketers that are wanting to jump into SaaS, like what is the funnel and the ad strategy that they should be thinking of. Cause like most B2B SaaS companies are lucky to be spending five, 10 K a month yeah. uh, <laughs> on ads. So I think you guys have always had an amazing uh, funnel there. So yeah, why don't you give everybody a good overview of sure. what's working now and how you got there. Yeah, I think the biggest problem with SaaS is um, most SaaS companies are happy to get a you know, 12 month payback period on their customer acquisition. And it's like, well, how can you be happy with 12 months? Like you got to wait a whole year before you make your money back and then make some profit. Like that's, that's a long time to wait. Uh, I prefer like 24 hours or like seven days. If I can make my money back that quickly, I can scale as quickly as I, I want. So uh, our number one ad that has been running for three plus years, we actually just swapped it out because um, our, our platform no longer looks the way it looked in the ad um, and people started getting confused. We had a very, very simple demo. Like it was like a, a super sped up 30 second video of this mapping tool, right? So you can kind of diagram out your entire funnel. And uh, we just basically advertised this free mapping tool using this little 30 second, super fast demo video that with like this cheesy background music, I literally whipped it up using like me just dragging on the canvas. And then I sped it up like five times. And then I downloaded this free like doo -doo 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 -doo, like type of uh -huh. music. And that's it. That was the ad. And then the copy was something like, you know, free free mapping tool, map out your, your marketing funnels in a matter of seconds. 
And that's what we ran for a long, the longest time. And we pushed people to the free mapping tool. Um, and there's a couple of things that I did that I think most people um, fail to do so or don't think about. So the first thing is when we push people to the free mapping tool, uh, right away, we offer them something to buy, right? Like most people uh, are happy to get people into their software and then they want to do the whole onboarding and, and, you know, the free trial and all that stuff. Well, we give you a free tool, but instead of just giving you a free trial and waiting 14 days, we give you something that you can buy right away. So for us, it was this template kit uh, we gave you for $50. You could, instead of starting with a blank canvas, you could start with over 50 different types of templates from some of the world's best marketers. Uh, and I think the conversion rate on that from cold traffic from Facebook was about four and a half percent or something uh, right from from that. So then from there, we upsold people if they bought so that we could increase our cart value. But one of the most important things that I did was everybody who came into the free mapping tool, we pushed them into a community, we pushed them into a Facebook group. Uh, number one, that allowed me to understand who these people were and communicate and build build trust and, and value with them. Uh, also, it, it created a sense of, well, community. That's what the whole point of a Facebook group is. It created this sense of um, that they were part of something slightly bigger. Um, but I've leveraged that group. Right now, that group's sitting at about 28,000 people. Um, I've leveraged that group over time to you know keep doing promotions and, and, and make more money and even decide what to offer next, right? I would actually go inside of the Facebook group, post a question and say, hey, would you guys prefer if we built something like this or this? Or would you guys prefer this type of course or this type of course? And literally people would vote. And then I'd just be like, all right, well, here it is. And then people would pay <laughs> me money for it. So that group became a, a big piece of, of our growth. But ultimately, mm -hmm. that's what allowed us to scale so quickly. Free mapping tool, instant mm -hmm. upsell, we made our money back right there uh, within the first, mm -hmm. like on on ad spend. It was about for every dollar we spent, we made about a dollar twenty cents on literally mm -hmm. the front end acquisition. Uh, everybody moved into a Facebook group, and everything else was that dripped afterwards was uh, profit and and well on ad spend at least, and uh, allowed us to scale. So I think that's, that's the biggest difference. So. One of the things I have is like as a SaaS company, it's very easy to like start just, you know, ha having it coming up with a funnel. It's well, let me back up. It's not easy to come up with an amazing winning converting funnel. Awesome job on like that because it was awesome. But like after that, you know, B2B SaaS companies, they're going to go through this evolution, right? Of just like you blitz Facebook ads, <laughs> you get your MR up like phenomenal numbers in 12 months, and then you realize, oh, like there's you know, some serious churn here from people that are just coming in. Yep. These aren't our quote unquote ideal, you know, clients. Yep. And then you waffle for like a year of like just kind of running off promotions and, and like kind of figuring out where, where are the good customers yep. that where, where's the LTV. And then on the backside, you really start to like figure that out. And then it becomes a little bit more of a slower, like strategic, like, we're getting like better deals, better customer, better LTV. So what does the backside of that funnel, you know, now look like? Because I feel like you guys are a lot more focused now, AKA like less opportunistic of like, 
we're free for, <laughs> we're you know yeah let's just let's just leave it at that yeah yeah i think i think this is the problem right like when you're first getting started you have no clue truly who your customer is so your job is to build up think of like a picture a circle right your job is to build up that pool of customers people who are willing to take out their credit card and give you money so you mm-hmm. want to get that pool big enough to the point where I can now start doing an analysis of that pool of people. If that pool is too small, then I have no clue. I can't start segmenting Mm because when you grow that pool of customers, you can then take smaller circles within that bigger circle. And you can identify that actually some of these people, like for example, with us, let's say the the big pool is called, uh, let's call them funnel marketers, right? Anybody and everyone who considers themselves a funnel marketer or who does funnel marketing to some degree. Well, what we found is as we built up this bigger pool of funnel marketers, we were able to realize that actually the funnel service providers, more importantly, the people who are an actual agency looking to sell funnels and and shift their offering towards that have our highest lifetime value, have a higher retention, lower churn, bigger, they're willing to spend way more on education and on services on the back end. So within this bigger pool of funnel marketers, we found that funnel providers, funnel agencies are actually a better fit for us as a whole, right? Mm -hmm. So, but that doesn't work if you don't blitz at the beginning, if you don't build a big enough pool of customers, because you you can't make an analysis on 30 people, right? So that's mm-hmm. the first step is like when you blitz, you start to build up that big pool of customers. And if you don't segment your customers and you'll never know or speak to them, I should say, you won't be able to see trends or analysis of within this bigger pool of customers, who's actually our true customer. So you're right. Like now we've gotten to this point where it makes no more sense for us to keep blitz blitzing the entire funnel marketing space because we're just getting a bunch of customers that we don't care about at the end of the day, right? That we don't really want as customers that end up churning. They end up wasting our support resources and asking so many questions that I can't even install a script on, on, mm-hmm. on WordPress and all of these things. But then there's this pool of customers that we know that we can serve. We can bring that higher lifetime value. We can actually help them get to that next level. So now the, ne- the job is to refine our funnel and say, all right, we don't want to speak to any to everybody. We, we don't want to talk about this free mapping tool. We want to talk about the free mapping tool for these funnel providers or use this tool to sell and pitch clients, right, for example. Mm-hmm. And now that pool is smaller, so I can't blitz the market the same way because the pool of customers is actually smaller, but because right. they're coming in uh, with the right intent, we can now uh, upsell them and we can, we can kind of grow that, that pool of customers. One of the best things I heard um, was from Eric Carlson who runs um, a 10 X was it 10 X factory. And um, he says the, he is the word a concept of use. Okay. So, you know, Funnelytics has this analytics tool. And like your first concept of use of your tech or your product was get better insights into your funnel, right? The second concept of use that's working better for you and and concept of use is is, is just a better way of like, what's your hook (laughs) into the product that's going to yield a better LTV. And Funnel Dash made the same, same pivot to that hook from 
here's a better analytics insight tool to here is a audit dashboard for as a sales uh, enablement tool. And we also made the same pivot into agencies as well in our early days of like agencies appreciate the dashboards, but the, the reason why agencies like will pay more is not because of like the pain of getting access to the numbers. It's the opportunity of like getting an actual client to like, you know, pay them. Right. And so they're going to start to incorporate it. Like, if, like in a typical agency, they might have like 10, 20, 30 clients, but they might be pitching, let's just say hundreds of people a year. So the user engagement on that concept of use is going to really like bump up. Um, whereas if an agency kind of is like, has like a small amount of clients, they're, they're going to, they're not using it all that much. If that makes sense. Is that like some of the, is that like a fair assessment or, or like a, a recap of, of like what Eric was saying in terms of this concept of use of just sometimes, um, you know, the, I think like a non-internet marketing, like B2B SaaS example would be like Feebreeze, right? Like it was just like this, they didn't really like know what to do with that um, until they kind of turned it into this like refresher spray. Uh, you oh, know. Febreze? Yeah. yeah. I was like, what is Febreze? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm sorry. Febreze? My wife makes fun of me every time I say this. I have like the worst habit of saying Febreze. <laughs> like, you guys have the most confused about? look on your, on your face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, no, so I, I, I agree with you, right? Like um, we started off with... There's layers to it. So even though the, if you think about going back to the circle concept, right? So funnel marketers is this bigger circle. And within that circle are mm -hmm. funnel service providers, right? Funnel agencies, let's call them, mm -hmm. or, or people mm -hmm. who sell funnels as a service. Um, the, even though the usage of the tool is the same, the, the, the tool itself is doing the exact same thing. The, uh, job to be done is very different. So what I'm doing when I'm using it as a service provider is I'm using it to close clients, and I'm using it to retain clients. But the outcome is a client pays me money, right? Versus an in house team is looking in order for the the, the service provider to retain clients, they've got to look at the data, they got to put together a report, and they've got to communicate that to the client. And you know, they got to kind of go through the same motion. But the outcome is the client sticking around and paying me for for months and months, right? Versus an in house team or an in house marketer, even though they're looking at the data, they're doing an analysis, and they're, um, you know, putting together a report, the outcome is not getting a client to stick around, the outcome is optimizing my funnel. It's a it's, it's figuring out what can I do next in order to improve the, the process. So it's it's extremely important to understand what does your customer truly do this thing for like or use this thing for right mm -hmm. and and understanding the market is extremely important too um i had a a, a really there's a book called obviously awesome and this mm -hmm. changed a ton of my perception uh around what i should be doing with with funnelytics and and you know, and this is beyond just funnel analytics. This is for anybody. The book is called Obviously Awesome by April Dunford, and it's all about positioning. And she does a very, very interesting analogy that has stuck out with me and completely changed the way I, I look at things. 
And she says this, she says, imagine you um, create or invent a new baked good, right? It's made of flour, there's chocolate in it, in it, it's moist, it's super delicious. And it's kind of like this hybrid between a cake and a muffin, right? Mm -hmm. So now you've got a very fundamental decision to make within your business. Are you going to categorize it as a cake? Or are you going to categorize it as a muffin? Because whatever you choose will define your entire business. Mm -hmm. Here's what I mean. Dylan, where do you buy a muffin? Uh, shit, Starbucks or fast, somewhere easy, typically. Yeah. When do you eat it? Probably in the morning. I'm a muffin morning guy. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's the competition? Like, what's the alternative? Oh, bagels. Bagels. Yeah. Big hot bagel guy. How, how much does it cost? I think bagels are a little bit more expensive. Usually how how much does muffin cost? Give, give me. We'll say two fifty ish, two fifty three dollars maybe. Right. Okay. So by you saying it's a muffin, you've already given this entire perception as to what category it fits in. Okay. Let's do the same exercise with cake. Right. So yeah. cake. Where do you buy a cake? Great American cookie cookie cakes. How much do they cost? Shoot, probably ten fifteen bucks, if not more. When when do you eat it? When do you eat a cake? When I'm celebrating. On occasion, maybe for dessert, right? After dinner? Yeah, I could see that. Okay. What is the competition to a cake? A lot. I feel like there's a lot more competition with cakes. And you're eating tarts, pies, something <laughs> like that, right? A lot of sweets, yeah. Yeah. And, and so you see how fundamentally it's the same product, right? Whether it's a muffin or a cake, it's still this mm -hmm. baked good. But by mm -hmm. me categorizing it as a cake, I've already given the market and the people who are about to buy it this perception mm -hmm. as to, well, it has to be in this price range. This is what yeah. I'm thinking about it versus if I'm putting it as a muffin, it's got to be it's a morning thing. It's certainly not going to be a, an afternoon thing. And I think a lot of people fail to realize this within their own business. Like for me, it made me realize a lot about even the funnel marketing space and whether or not we're truly a funnel marketing tool or we're actually a customer journey tool. And that might sound to be very similar, but when somebody thinks about customer journeys, it's typically a, a, a bigger type of business. Oh, yeah. it, they've got customers to analyze because that's the whole point of customer journeys, right? They've got more traffic, they've got more data. Versus funnel marketing, you're thinking more about the, the, the newbie who's getting into the info marketing space, who's trying to figure out what upsells and downsells and what they should put on their sales page and, and all that stuff. Fundamentally, our tool does the same thing for both, right? But by us figuring out which category we fit in, it completely changes the perception, right? It completely changes how people uh, approach it and what they think it should be worth, how much they're willing to pay for it, and all of that stuff. So I don't know if that even answers your question. I just kind of went on a rant there, but... I liked uh, it. That was, yeah. That was pretty yeah. Our perception, heck yeah, man. This episode is brought to you by Funnel Dash's ad card, the only charge card exclusively for your digital ad spend. And if you're an advertiser spending tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars a month on ads, and you're in e-commerce, and you're looking for more capital or credit to scale, then you're probably familiar with solutions like Shopify Capital, Brex, and ClearBank. The problem with these solutions is the cost of capital is expensive, and they take a percentage of your revenue. One of the beauties, with ad card when you combine it with one of our in-network 
of our 5,000 in-network agency partners, you have the opportunity to qualify for free ad capital funding where we'll load up your ad card with an additional $50,000 all the way up to a million dollars of additional capital to deploy on platforms like Facebook, Google, Pinterest, Instagram, YouTube, and more. So if that's you, if you're in e-commerce, spending a ton on ads, and you're looking for a way to decrease the cost of, of capital, check out AdCard. We'll get back to the show. Well, we dove into the rich ad. Give us something terrible, man. Let's hear this kind of poor ad. Something you thought would probably kill it, didn't work out too hot. Release the beast. Yeah, um, we've we've tested a lot of different things. Uh, I mean, 99% of all of our ads don't work. So, you know, that's, there's that. Uh, number one, you've got to test a lot. There's, there's a lot of different things that you've got to test and you got to keep cranking out ads. Like people who think if you're, if you're lucky enough to get one ad up and it works, like consider yourself lucky, right? Like this, it doesn't happen. It, it very rarely happens. So, um, for example, you know, when we realized that we wanted to go after funnel agencies, we started testing a lot of different funnels to bring in these types of agencies, not through the platform per se, but directly through a, a coaching program that we offer these agencies. We've had a lot of success getting these agencies coming in through the platform, using the tool for themselves to sell and pitch clients. And then when they get value, then we get them to um, apply for, uh, for this, this program that we have. So that has worked really well for us, but we wanted to scale that and we wanted to go out to the market and see if we can just get these agencies straight into the program without this long roundabout way to getting there. So we tested webinars, we tested fr like front end $47 offers to try and self-liquidating funnels. We tested all sorts of stuff speaking directly to the market um, and it's it's been challenging, way more challenging than we expected from the standpoint of trying to make that work. It's not as easy as people think, like to just do a, a ad to a webinar and then like get on the phone and close people. It's not that simple. So I can't think of like a very specific ad that completely bombed, but I can think of a bunch of campaigns that we spent thousands of dollars where it's like, oh, this didn't even break even. This this didn't even make us any money. And we waited far too long before shutting it off and say, like, all right, well, just $5,000 down the drain. Yeah, let's just give it to Mark Zuckerberg and let him have fun with it because we're clearly not happy with this $5,000. So yeah, I mean, I can't think of a specific one off the top of my head, but um, it's happened a lot. Makes sense, especially on the webinar side of things. They're so hit or miss. So I mean, especially when you have to have the back end with the one call closes, you have to have the sales team for it, have them, you know, updated with the knowledge and stuff so i think that that's sufficient that, that works yeah the education process right i think a lot of people miss that little piece of it like it's the cycle to get somebody to commit and the the difference between a, a free mapping tool to them then using that free mapping tool to close a client and then being in part of our Facebook group and getting a ton of value through that Facebook group and then applying for this program and then getting on a call and closing. Well, that entire time that they've been indoctrinated and goodwill and all the stuff that we've given them is very different than an ad to a landing page to a 60 minute webinar to try and close them right on, on the call, right? It's a, 
way different process. Oh, 100%. Well, snap. Quite the pour out there. That's super legit there. I love hearing the mixed cases with webinar funnels. That cracks me up sometimes. But yeah. with the final piece of the pie, the final segment, of course, we'd love to kind of dive into some financial tips or principles. So based off your you know, expertise and experience, what kind of financial tips or principles could you give to the audience? <sighs> Lots. Um, yeah. we're, talking about, we're talking about business here as a whole. Uh, we're, business with all the customers, you know, the freebies, you know, how are you kind of monetizing these in the long road? You know, maybe how you're gauging LTV on different timing windows. I mean, with your business, it's pretty interesting because I feel like cash flow is huge. Yeah, cash flow is always huge. Um, I think the first tip I would give anybody is if you're going to start advertising, you've got to find the easiest, fastest way to recoup that money. What, how can you recoup your advertising dollars and liquidate your advertising dollars uh, as fast as possible? Literally, unless you're going to go and raise millions of dollars from a VC and you have that money to burn and wait 12 months or eight, 10 months, however long it is, um, you've got to be smart with it. So step number one is if you want to scale, you've got to liquidate your advertising costs. Step number two is you can't liquidate your advertising costs and hope to be like profitable and make a ton of money. So <laughs> step number two is, well, what's the sequence and what's the funnel that you're going to push people through? And what's that back end offer that is actually going to have a, a, a higher value um, to actually make that profit, right? To, yeah. to go down that path. In terms of, you know, SaaS and LTV and churn and all that stuff, like you have to understand your cohorts. You have to understand your, the different types of people that come into the door. Like I said before, if you take that big circle of customers um, and you break it down into these various small groups, you can see that they will all have different values and different. So if you want to scale, you've got to understand what you're scaling, right? You can't, you can't, you can't get the whole market. You've got to focus on, on that smaller piece that is actually valuable to you. So um, understand what you're scaling. And then, you know, the rest is all operating expenses and, and all of that stuff. I mean, teams, et cetera, like, there's different philosophies. At the end of the day, there's two ways to grow a business. You can either focus on profit or you can focus on growth, right? And I think it's extremely important to decide what you want as a as a as a CEO, as a founder. Do you want profit? In which case, you've got to be lean. You've got to try to get the most dollar per uh, revenue per employee as possible. You've got to be as efficient as possible. Or if you want to go for growth and market share, well, you've got to realize that you're going to burn money, right? You're going to go down that path of scale, which means you don't make profit and you're going to have to hire teams and all that stuff. So, and have you, you kind of like balance those, right? Like on a, yeah, different seasons of your business. You know, I feel like you've gone through different phases of, of growth and fundraise. And so how do you look at those now? Currently, like, what are you? What is important to you at this stage? Uh, for me, at this stage, it's pure future investments. Like, I'm I'm building, I'm building for my like five ten year vision. Which you know, uh, we were talking before at the uh, before this show about like Uber and Uber's autonomous vehicles and how 
they're that division of of the company is burning something like 500 million dollars a year which is ludicrous right it's it's crazy to think about but they're building for this new future right this new vision um for what the future can can actually be like um so there's there's a balance right you've got to keep growing the customer segment that you know is profitable and scale that and keep extracting value and and money from that but at the same time i'm also investing in where are we going next and and how are we how are we moving towards that how does the product need to shift and what do the engineers need to build in order for us to move towards that direction so it's this balance between growing the existing pool versus building stuff for the future and then it's what's your tolerance level like for us we've got an internal tolerance level of uh you know we're happy to burn anywhere between 20 to 50,000 dollars a month right we know that if we're like that gives us plenty of runway um and it gives us plenty of time to to get to that profitability and and hit that tipping point but in the short term we're happy to burn that kind of capital so you've got to make those kinds of decisions for where do you want to go in your business this is fire boom yeah well snap man give everybody an idea you know what's next any kind of cool projects coming up how can people kind of get in touch with you and how can we best support you yeah i mean go check out phonalytics.io um and sign up to phonalytics uh but no man i mean all we're doing is continuing to build phonalytics like we've got uh massive massive plans and vision for what this tool can do and um just look out for in the next you know three three to five years every marketing team in the world is going to be using phonalytics regardless of their size so that's that's the vision hell yeah where can people find you linkedin facebook anything yeah find me on linkedin michael dia um i post some content there and uh facebook i try to stay away from it's it's this wormhole of doom so yeah it is it is so uh i only advertise there i just want to try to um so yeah that's it linkedin check me out on linkedin heck yeah well shouts out man thanks for jumping on had an absolute blast cheers thanks guys thanks so much for listening to another episode of the rich ad poor ad podcast if you're like me and listen to podcasts on the go go ahead and subscribe on apple podcasts spotify youtube and richadpored.com slash podcast and if you absolutely love the show Go ahead and leave a review and a comment. Share with a friend. If you do, take a copy, screenshot of it. Email me, Zach at FunnelDash.com. Show me you left a review, and I'll give you a free copy of the Rich Ad Poor Ad book. To learn more about the book, go to RichAdPoorAd.com. To leave a review, go to RichAdPoorAd.com slash review. Thanks again.